Your favorite Lagos Talks podcasts are now available on all online podcast platforms. Simply search for Lagos Talks 913 on your preferred podcast platform. Lagos Talks 91.3. Join the conversation. As we begin uh, our engagement with the founder of the African Leadership Group and the pastor of uh, the Trinity House Church, his name is Pastor Etwa Igodalo. We're talking Christ, the people, and of course, politics. Let's get the interview started. Pastor Igodalo, good morning to you, and thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning, Karade. How are you? Happy Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and uh, to your congregation and Nigerians as a whole. Um, it's, it's the first Christmas, uh, should I say, under this new administration, and the, the Christmas that a lot of Nigerians are, are really uh, they have different comments and views of. Uh, this morning, for example, uh, the headline in uh, the Guardian newspaper talks about unusual yuletide as cash crunch and unaffordable prices mar celebration. And we've had so many. Some people are excited. Oh, it's Christmas again. Some people feel it's a different Christmas. But the difference is interpreted in, of course, with divergent views. As a pastor and a leader, a prominent figure in Nigeria, um, what kind of Christmas is this, really? Let's get started with that. Well, the truth of the matter is that Christmas remains Christmas. The essence of Christmas is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth would not perish but have eternal life end of story uh, christmas does not depend on the economy does not depend on government does not depend on security or insecurity it's just a commemoration of the love of god for the man that he created so christmas remains christmas we just want to focus on what God has done in Christmas and what he has provided for us. If we get our focus right, then we live above the economy, and it doesn't matter what the economy is. It's just that over the years, has been has been associated with celebration, with provision, with whining and dining, uh, that but christmas remains christmas period so christmas remains christmas and uh, well that that's a, a should i say a biblical or a spiritual aspect to it like you said it's more about christ and not just about how the people feel but now looking at christ and looking at uh, where we are in nigeria let, let's go back to uh your uh the group the african leadership group uh, let's start with that, understanding we know you to be a pastor, a pastor of many years, who's spoken and won souls for Christ, who's been at the forefront of uh, Christianity. But recently, uh, we saw you founded uh, a group called the African Leadership Group. What does that represent? Well, um, in my tour of this earth, in my association collaboration with Nigeria, Nigerians, and Nigerian leadership, I have come to realize that what is missing, not just in Nigeria, but all over Africa, for one reason or the other, is good and competent leadership. 
And as a pastor, you cannot just stay in the pulpit, keep preaching hope without actually teaching children and people and the people you address how to practically, outside of the pulpit, address this issue of getting things right. That is what led to the founding of the African Leadership Group. How do we talk to leaders? How do we talk to potential leaders? And how do we talk to followers on what the basic elements and requirements for good leadership is and should be? And how do we encourage and motivate people to challenge themselves to become great leaders and to look for leadership quality in the leadership that they have found themselves with and get the leaders to lead them right. That is the essence of the African Leadership Group. All right. Not just in Nigeria, but all over Africa. Because mm -hmm. we believe that the liberation of Africa is the emancipation of the entire world. Mm. The liberation of Africa is the emancipation of the entire world. And uh, those are strong words there. But again, when you look at, like you rightly said, uh, Africa has lacked, uh, appears to lack leadership, uh, people who are able to take the bull by the horn, prominence in uh, leading others. But then again, you look at it and uh, th there are this, there's this talk from very uh, many quarters, even some uh, Christian sects also say that, that, listen, when it comes to leadership, the average Christian has no business with political leadership, that Politics is not a place where you should find Christian. That Christ uh, was always uh, in, in consonance or you know against uh, the the rule of this world. So why should uh, Christians be meddling in politics? That that is more like Antichrist. Is that a kind of leadership that Christians should get into? That is ignorance at the extreme and highest level. What Christ came to do was to change and transform the leadership of this world. He even said that father and children will be against one another because of the new philosophy or the improvement in the old philosophy that he had come to expound. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to turn around and set at liberty those who are in captivity, to preach the gospel of hope to the poor, to help those who have been abandoned and despised, to show them the coming of the time of our Lord, and to bring about the kingdom of God. And the prayer that he taught us was, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, kingdom is about where a king dominates so what christ came to do was to bring about principles of leadership and dominance domi dominating the world with the principles of the appropriate kind of leadership that will make the world a better place so politics is about human relationship and interaction and if 
a church or Christians don't speak about human relationship or interaction at various levels, then what is their essence? So it's just because over time, people have tainted politics to be evil, to be corrupt, to be bad, and so on and so forth, that whenever people think of politics, that's all they think about. But politics is just about human interest and human relationship. And that's what Christ is about. So Christ came to challenge the leadership of the day, the leadership of the Pharisees, who were the spiritual and religious leadership of the time, the leadership of the um, Romans, who were the political leadership of the time, and then the leadership of the um, Edomites, you know, King Herod mm. and people like that, who were the traditional leaders of the time. Christ challenged them all. He spoke to the Pharisees. He called them whited sepulchers, hypocrites, who spoke one thing and did another. He spoke to the Romans and told them that the way they were governing was inappropriate. And he spoke to the Herodians and told them that the rulership that they had was not theirs. So in fact, one of the first things that Christ had to do as a little baby, if you read the account in Luke and in Matthew, was that he had to escape uh, for his life from the leadership of Herod, because Herod wanted to kill him, because Herod had been told that a king of the Jews had been born, and he was threatened and said, who is this king of the Jews? Let me know where he is so that I can go and worship him. And he didn't intend to do that. He wanted to destroy him All right. because he was afraid mm. that his rulership was going to be threatened. So Christ and Joseph had to escape. All right. Now, now I, I, I like the angle you're going with this, but just for clarity, now with what you have said, it's not wrong to get involved in politics, but which aspect of it is not wrong? Is it that an average Christian can get involved in politics or the church itself can get involved in politics? Or is there any um, any demarcation uh, in this? But before you answer that, let me just inform our listeners that we are live on Facebook right now. Uh, you can just go ahead and watch us on uh, live at Lagos Talks 913 on Facebook at Lagos Talks 913. There you get to uh, just flow with the conversation we're having this morning. Uh, ba- back to you, uh, Pastor Godalo. The church cannot avoid getting involved in politics. The church just must not belong to any political party as a church, as an institution, because a lot of its members have the right to belong to any political party of their choice. So the church as an institution must not belong to any political party so that it can absorb and receive as many people of different political aspirations as they like. It's like the University of Ibadan saying that I am PDP, or the University of Lagos saying I'm APC. It can't exist. It can't. It, it cannot do that. But the vice chancellor of the University of Lagos or Ibadan can have a political opinion, and if they like, they can become uh, sympathetic 
towards a particular opinion, okay, we would not recommend that they belong to any party so that they are not with any biases towards either of their people, but they can express a political opinion. But wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't expressing basis. that opinion um, uh, be, be characterized or represent the opinion of the church? Because, for example, if a pastor were to mount the pulpit and consistently speak about a particular candidate or against a particular candidate, is that not inadvertently, uh, you know, shaping the opinion of the church? Is that not the church speaking there? There's absolutely nothing wrong in expressing an opinion about a candidate. You understand? Or okay. even a party at mm. that time. Because if the candidate, according to the views of the church, is the appropriate candidate, they have every right to say, based on what we see, based on our principles, our policies, our doctrines, this candidate for this moment appears to be the kind of candidate that we want. But wouldn't that be, even, wouldn't that be construed as a partisan politicking? Well, the church has, a, has a, an obligation to direct and shape the thinking of its people. If you do not direct and shape people's thinking, you are not showing them leadership at that point in time, you know. So if people do ask you for your opinion between black and white, you must be able to tell them that black is black and white is white. If you say to them that you have no opinion, you are telling them to go and make what you as an institution based on your principles, consider to be wrong. And you cannot lead your people are, are wrong. You know, the blind cannot lead the blind. They will fall into a ditch. Part of what people come to do in church or any institution is to learn, to be taught, to be directed, and so on and so forth. And the church must, at some instances, give an opinion as to what they think, okay? Uh, what we try to avoid is that the opinion is based on policies, principles, doctrines, and teachings of the church. Mm. So if people come to me and say, Pastor, that gentleman, Ulu Kayode, what do you think about him? I say, in what perspective? What is his character? I say, well, the Kayode that I know, according to my principles of character, Okay, you want to make Kayode a bishop. Okay, what are the principles that you look for in a bishop? Husband of one wife, does not drink, mm. not guilty of filthy lucre, does not have extramarital affairs, tells the truth and all that. These are the characteristics of a bishop. Now, examine this Kayode and tell me whether he has those characteristics. It's as simple as that. If Kaode comes to me and he has three wives, I say, I know and I've been informed that Kaode has three wives. Now, the qualifications for a bishop is the husband of one wife. Now, if my people come to me and say, I have no opinion about Kaode, I will be leading them astray. You understand? So if they come to me and say, what's your opinion about Buhari? Or what's your opinion about Shagari? Or what's your opinion about Obasanjo? Or what's your opinion about... 
Bola Chinuvu, according to the word of God, as what exemplifies what a good leader is. I will tell them these are the characteristics of a good leader. All right. Based on the knowledge and information you have, I have on that compare person. what mm -hmm. you have to what it is. Okay, but now if you look, if you look at this and uh, what you said, like I said, the pastor is there to give guidance to to the flock. But how then do you separate the view of the pastor from the view of God? Because, for example, I'm saying this. I mean, let's look at the Bible, for example, where God Himself spoke about the emergence of Jeroboam. But to the average Christian leader at that time, um, what was the Rehoboam, I think, is the son of Solomon, was meant to, like, take over. If a pastor looked at it, it's okay, he's a slave, it's not his lineage, he's not meant to be here. And uh, based on the views or the tenets that God has put, placed uh, 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 for him, will that be speaking the mind of God? Or how do you differentiate between the mind of God at that time and the mind of God? A man of God. A man of God, if he's doing his job, is to hear from God and tell the people what he thinks God is saying. That is his job. His job is not to speak his own mind. His job is to hear from God and tell the people what he thinks God is saying. That is why he's called a man of God mm. and the servant of the Most High. So every good man of God that you found in the Bible have expressed God's opinion for that time. Moses, Rehron, Joshua, Samuel, all the judges, mm -hmm. Elijah, Elijah, the person who saved Israel from the hand of Ahab were both Elijah and Elisha. Mm -hmm. They told Ahab and they told the people, that this is an inappropriate leader. He's corrupt. His wife Jezebel is evil. They are doing bad things to this economy and this government. And therefore, they should repent and change. Otherwise, God will deal with them. And that's exactly what happened. The person, ironically, that saved Israel from the hands of evil David who was hitherto a good king, but then began to grow lazy and fat in his old age and committed adultery, which till today is still affecting Israel, was a prophet and a pastor called Nathan, mm. who came to the palace and spoke truth to power, which nobody else could do. Mm. He did it in a very diplomatic way told the king a story that reflected the king's behavior and character, and then told the king, you have behaved badly, mm. inappropriate, okay. unacceptable. All right. And God is angry with you. That's the job of a pastor. pastor. All right. So like, like, to power. Yeah. So like you said right now, the pastor should always speak the voice of God. And, at the, and I mean, what he hears from God at that time. Now, uh, if we look at what happened in Nigeria this year, for example, and that's why a lot of people are asking questions that, okay, so you have been in, the, in, the, in this uh, mission work, working for God, speaking God's mind for many years. Is it possible 
that God could be speaking uh, to, let's say, two different pastors, giving two different prophecies about the same election, or how does that work? That's where humanity comes in. And that's where you know a true man of God from a false prophet. So you need to differentiate and decide on who is really hearing from God. And it's always happened. Even in the Bible, it was happening. Okay? When there was a particular king, I can't remember his name, he wanted to go into battle. Mm. And he went to people who he thought were men of God. And all of them were telling him lies, mm. telling him exactly what he wanted to hear. Um, I think it was... Micaiah. Micaiah. Exactly. Yes. They were telling him all sorts of lies. Mm. And um, he kept on feeling that <clears throat> these people are not telling me the truth. Mm. You know, I think it was... Uh, G, uh, G, um, it was Micaiah uh, that uh, came to him and told him that. So, he also lied to him then told him that. He said, tell me the truth. Then he told him yeah. that if you really, if you go, you will perish. Yeah. Yes, that, yes. that was even one of them. There were mm, several. several like that. Yes, At the yes. time, a whole bunch of lying spirits mm. were inside all these prophets. You know, until he got to, I don't know, Elisha or like one of them, who okay. then said to him, you know what? You go, you die. Whatever it is. And he, the guy got angry, even put the so-called mm. prophet in jail or locked yeah. him up or something. He said, well, I told you that if I tell you the truth, you'll get angry. But anyway, I have said what God has. Even Jeremiah, okay, was a very, very unpopular pastor because he kept telling the government the truth. And they kept locking him up and putting him in a pit and treating him very badly until the Babylonians came and overran Israel. Right. It was the Babylonians that rescued Jeremiah from the pit. So... Pastors and prophets and men of God have always been in these kinds of dimensions and they've always been under a lot of political pressure to be politically correct, to try and speak the mind of the government of the day mm. because of their own benefits and all that. You've always had it from time immemorial and you still have it today. You have it in Nigeria, you have right. it in the UK. Mm. You have it everywhere. But but when you look at what is happening with us in Nigeria, we've seen cases where we've had pastors as governors, we have pastors uh, running and the highest office, vice president, we've had pastors as ministers, we've had deacons, we've had very reputable people. Yet, at every time, or a lot of times, the people still do not feel that they get the right kind of governance that they need, even though some of these pastors and men of God were highly respected before they got into that position. Case in view right now is what is happening in Benway State, where a Reverend Father, I think in my history, the little I know, I, I hardly see Reverend Fathers get into politics, but he's got into uh, a politics, and there's so much talk in Benway. And that's why I asked earlier that, is politics the place for uh, the average Christian? Because it tends to taint you irrespective of what you're bringing to the table. So, looking at all what has happened with reputable men of God and unknown men of God in politics, what is going on? Why is it difficult for Christians to live up to that uh, expectation of that transformation that a lot of people uh, expect from men of God who are carrying the mantle, who are expected to hear from God directly, to change their state or the nation? 
The truth is that what I tell most people is that a lot of us are still men and we're still in various stages of Christian transformation. Mm. Please note that Jesus had 12 disciples and at his hour of need, all of them, bar none, ran away from him, including Peter, who promised heaven and earth that he would never, never leave him. And Jesus said, before dawn, you deny me three times. Peter said, it's impossible. But lo and behold, it happened. And until they received a full dose of the Holy Spirit, a lot of these people, their humanity overwhelmed them. So what you find a lot with Christian leadership is people who are not fully baked and fully entrenched and fully overwhelmed by Christianity. They are at various stages of Christian knowledge, education, strength, and conviction. And the level of depravity and corruption and inefficiency in the Nigerian political system often overwhelms them. So much so that today, to be Christianly correct is almost an aberration. They will set you up, they will vilify you, they will crucify you because you won't chop, you won't let them chop. So they will find a way to mess you up. And it's happened to a lot of people who have not had the power of their conviction. And that's what happens today. And it's happened before. So we Christians also need to be very careful if we're not fully ready, we should not go in there and say that we are really Christians. Okay. We should say, well, we found ourselves in the church. We're not sure the level of our Christianity. Mm. We just want to try. It's very, very difficult to be a Christian in the hostile, corrupt, wicked, malicious, evil environment that Nigeria has become almost as a culture because of the long years of the reign of selfishness and greed in this country. Well, so how then are we able in the spirit of the bed of Christ, which brought about the transformation, redemption, restitution, restoration, and all uh, that we, we needed as a, as a people? How then do we get Christians into politics to have the same impact that Christ has so that we could start begin to see some changes uh, from, I mean, in the lives of Nigerians and in the em entire country? It will take time, and it's only God working on men that will eventually make it happen because of the level of evil in the world. These things take a lot of time because at the end of the way, the flesh of man sometimes fails him. Even it almost fails God himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. He almost ran away from the responsibility of speaking the truth, which led to his crucifixion. The reason why Jesus Christ died on the cross was because he spoke the truth. And the people of the day, both the Pharisees, especially the Pharisees, were not interested in hearing the truth. Hmm. Okay? And the Romans, who were the Bulgar leaders, were uh, stood by the side without trying to express an opinion, okay? And therefore, 
eventually they allowed Jesus to be crucified by people. They, offer, they even offered, you have a very corrupt and wicked man called Barabbas in prison. The law is that at this time, you set, you give somebody liberty, set somebody free. Yeah. This man, Christ, we find nothing really wrong with him. At the very worst, maybe he has verbal diarrhea. He's just talking. He has not done anything. He has not committed any crime. And talking is not a crime. They say what he said, we don't like. He said he is the son of God. He said he, is, uh, he, he healed somebody on Sabbath day. Uh, why should he walk on Sabbath day? He raised Lazarus from the dead. The people seem to like him because he raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, he's told us that no more eye for eye, tooth for tooth. We should turn the other cheek. All these things he's saying, he's going to turn us away from the laws of Moses. Crucify him, crucify him. Crucify him, crucify him. Hmm. How can anybody say he's God? So, so past, Pastor Egodalo, you're saying this morning that just like Christ, a lot of Christian uh, politicians are being crucified. They don't have a, the, 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 the space to fester and they just cause the transformation. So I want to ask you this morning that looking at... Uh, what we have in Nigeria, um, our pec the peculiarity of, of our current state, should the church focus on getting Christians into politics or should we focus on getting Christ into the hearts of politicians? Both. Mm. The role of the church is to do both. The role of the church is to get Christ into the heart of the people, whether they become politicians or academicians or soldiers or lawyers or radio journalists, is to get Christ into the heart of the people so that wherever they go, whatever they become, they profess and pronounce Christ. If we all were looking at the world from a similar perspective, then there'll be no war in Gaza. There'll be no politician that will go there and take 80% of the money of the people and put it in his pocket without consequence. There'll be no policeman that insists on a bribe before he can do his job. Similarly, there'll be no judge mm. that takes a bribe to give his ruling because Christ has been formed in him. Amen. So the church and Christian leaders must try to get Christ in the minds of every person. Mm. And if we're able to do that, then things will begin to get better because all right. we all are singing from the same hymn book. Okay. All right. While I, before I let you go out of the studio, um, I just ask you one more question. Now, being a pastor and looking at how our elections went this year, what has Christ told you about the Nigerian elections and Nigeria moving forward? If you can do that for us in one minute. What God has given us this year is what the hearts and the minds of the majority 
of influential Nigerians want, not the majority of the numeral Nigerians. Please note, there are Nigerians of influence who are in positions of authority and who can take decisions. This is what they prefer, the government that we have. Hmm. But the innocent Nigerians who are in the majority, some don't even understand, a lot have been misled or been led along this direction. Let me not say misled. They've been led along this direction okay. by the people who have influence over them. And this is what Nigerians want. Okay. And, Niger and God has allowed it hmm. because from time to time, he allows what the people want to satisfy the people if that is really what they want. And maybe to show them eventually that, well, this is not what I wanted for you, but if this is what you want, no problem. Enjoy right. it. When you get to a certain position, then we can discuss. Hmm. It's happened before. All right. And All I right. can give you biblical examples. We, 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 we will have to do that. Happened. Yeah, we will have to do that uh, sometime soon. And uh, in 2024, we need to bring you to the studio to have a talk about governance and leadership in Nigeria. But just in commemoration of Christ, we want to thank you for joining us this morning, making uh, this uh, uh, commemoration of Christ uh, a worthy one. Pastor Itwa Igodalo, the pastor, senior pastor of um, uh, Trinity House Church and uh, the founder of African Leadership Group. We say thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, good morning, my pastor. Uh, okay, all right. I have my colleague in the studio, a senior colleague of mine, Shegun Agbede, who has joined me this morning. <laughs> good morning, my pastor. Good morning, my pastor. This is every Sunday. I don't go fit day church this work. I did work, but God bless you. <laughs> God bless you, my God pastor. Bless you. Thank you Love for standing you by much, me and my family this year, pastor. Thank you so much. Let me no. let me acclaim you in public. Eh? <laughs> pastor, you're not, you're not only a pastor in name, but you're a pastor indeed. You know what? You and I know what we're saying, yeah? You were there for me, pastor. God bless you. And you'll be there for us in 2024, yeah? By God's grace, I need your prayers. Ah, the, God the, you, uh, uh, pastor. You always, you always, I'll always be there for. I got your back, Pastor. I got your back. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you so much. And I, I think, so I think much. on behalf of the team, we need to thank you, Pastor, for pastoring our, our colleague here, <laughs> because I know it takes a lot to pastor him. So uh, you, you're doing a good job. Thank you so much for all you do for him. <laughs> Merry Christmas, he's Pastor. Trying. Merry he's Christmas. Trying. He's trying. He's trying. And he's, and he's a good man. He's trying and he's changing small by small. Ah, Pastor, to be could die. Ah. <laughs> no longer eats onions. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anybody not <anybody laughs> <look> shady? <laughs> God bless you, Pastor. Have a wonderful day. Shall I go greet my mom for me? I will. I'm seeing her later today. I'm seeing her later. I will. I will. I'll see her later today. God bless you, Pastor. Thank okay. you so much. All, All right, right, Pastor Godalo. Right. Enjoy the rest Bye -bye. of your morning. Bye, sir. <laughs> Your favorite Lagos Talks podcasts are now available on all online podcast platforms. Simply search for Lagos Talks 913 on your preferred podcast platform. Lagos Talks 91.3. Join the conversation.